Hello and welcome to the Political Notebook Podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher. And the 2020 census is just around the corner. And to talk about the process of redistricting here in Arizona, I'm happy to be joined by Executive Director of the Citizens Clean Election Commission, Tom Collins. Tom, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks, Billy, for having me. Uh, it's a uh, good time to, I think, uh, start getting people to understand this issue. You know, obviously I work for an agency that does uh, voter education and, and campaign finance, so we want people to understand all the processes. Um, and then as a reporter and, and, and as a law clerk and other roles, I've, I've had some experience with this issue, so my goal is just to, as much as I can to shed light on the process as I understand it. Well, great. We're excited to talk to you. So let's get started. Just a brief background. So every, every 10 years, the United States conducts a census. Uh, and those population numbers will determine how many representatives uh, a state will have. Some states might gain some seats in Congress. Others might lose some. Uh, Arizona expected to gain one, but we don't know for sure until the numbers come out. Uh, but all states every 10 years, even if they have the same number of seats, will redraw the boundaries of their districts. And this is for the, the state legislative districts as well as the U.S. representative districts. So let's first talk about how Arizona decides how to, how to draw these, because every state gets to decide how the boundaries are drawn. Sure. Um, for a while, Arizona's state legislature was in charge of drawing the boundaries up, uh, but we went away from that model uh, in 2000. So why did that change? Why do we move away from that? Why the change here in Arizona? Um, uh, I, think that's a, I think that's a good question. I think that, um, you know, uh, you know uh, legislatures themselves, that is to say the bodies of the legislatures uh, in most states and in Arizona, you know, 20 years ago, uh, drew the boundaries for uh, the state. Um, it's really, ba it was basically a piece of legislation. When uh, Arizona's uh, lawmakers were drawing these boundaries, they often ended up in court. Um, there was a lot of litigation uh, and, and there was always been issues with you know, the, the politics of redistricting are kind of zero-sum. So, for example, uh, if you're incumbent, you're going to want to make sure that that redistricting uh, make, doesn't put you out of your district or change your district in a way that is going to put you out or what have you. So, so, so there's a uh, uh, direct uh, self-interest when lawmakers directly uh, uh, draw, uh, draw maps. And that was sort of the theory behind, uh, initiative in, in 2000. So the, so the worry is that you're, whoever's in power is going to have an right. incentive to draw the lines. So that's going to, that's going to favor them. Right. Um, so now we have, and voters approved an independent right. commission. Yeah. How does that process work? How do we decide who gets, how does it, how is it independent? Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, the process of getting on the ballot was, is interesting. You know, um, as, as, as we were talking, have been talking about this uh, issue, you know, you had uh, 2000, uh, first of all, was a very big year for ballot measures. We, every day uh, in Arizona, deal with something from the 2000 election. Prop 301, uh, the uh, expanded Medicare, uh, the redistricting commission, all of that was decided at the 2000 election, and those three issues have continued to occupy uh, Arizona politics ever since, how to deal with them. Uh, um, but you also saw back then, and you also saw when, when the act that I spent my time, the Clean Elections Act passed, 
that there was more crossover between Democrats and Republicans about uh, how thing process things. So you could have a uh, you, you were more likely back then to have a Republican say, yeah, a clean elections program is a good idea. Or or a Democrat say you know yeah a in the redistricting I mean there was more of a mix which that doesn't really you know the parties over the subsequent twenty years have really you know divided we're more more polarized now yeah than they were yeah back so then, so that's so in a certain sense certain certain weird way uh, the commission in being the Constitution is almost an anachronism <laughs> but on the other hand the fact that it's there as a buffer turns out to be potentially a good prophylactic for in, in a polarized time. Uh, um, but the, the basic gist of the structure is uh, after uh, the census, the, uh, pro- there's a process by the uh, Commission on Appellate Court Appointees, which is a commission that oversees the process, appointments to the Supreme, State Supreme Court. They send the names for nominees to the governor. They send the name for nominees to the governor for uh, the Court of Appeals and, and uh, um, as well. And uh, uh, that group also recommends a pool of, of folks, uh, or essentially makes a first cut at a pool of folks who meet the qualifications in the Constitution, w- which includes some, you know, variance on, you know, how involved in politics you've been, those kinds of things. They put together a pool, they send that to uh, the four caucus leaders of the legislature. So the Republican leader, currently the majority leader, the majority leader in the House, and the minority leader and the minority leader. And they make choices uh, off that list. And then once there are four, there are, then they look at remaining folks on the list to select themselves, their chairperson and fifth member who was uh, uh, independent. Uh, so that's, and then and then they start, and then they start. I mean, that's that's kind of the beginning. So it creates a the uh, court appellate yeah. commission creates a list of people, yeah. and then basically the leaders of the Republican and Democratic uh, parties choose two people. So it'd be two Democrats, two yeah. Republicans, yeah. and then those two will pick an independent right. that's going to. Um, that's going to over, right. oversee the commission, and that will happen. Uh, what's the what are the time frames we're talking about? It's, it's 2019 now. Will that happen next year? That should that usually starts around. Um, uh, I'm not sure when the appellate court commission will start taking applications, but but the the the, the uh, process usually starts up around the beginning of 20. Uh, well, in 2010 it began the beginning of 2011. In 2010 it began the uh, the uh, beginning of 2011. So like January 2011. I mean, in 2010, for example, there was. Um, you know, there's no way to talk about redistricting without talking about litigation. And for, in 2010, there was litigation about the pool that was presented to the legislative leaders, for example. So right out, right out of the gate, um, there was litigation and uh, about that. But that's how it works. So, uh, so the, the first election that will be impacted by the new lines will be uh, 2022. Correct. Right. I'll, I'll be done by there. Kind of the argument. Uh, so the argument in favor of the of the commission is is or having an independent commission is that it takes sort of the, the partisanship out of it. So, you know, if you're in power, you can't drop um, seats that, that are going to benefit you. So you have these independent people, and they're going to be led by a by an independent, nonpartisan person so that we're all under fair rules. I think the counter-argument against that 
<clears throat> is in, uh, New Hampshire just had a, a legislative proposal to create a, a commission, but it was vetoed by the governor. Yeah. And here's what the New Hampshire governor, who's a Republican, here, here's what here's what he said. And I'll just have you respond uh to this argument. He says, legislatures should not abrogate their responsibility to the voters and delegate authority to an unelected and unaccountable commission selected by political party bosses. How would you respond to that argument well, that that you're that um, by setting up this independent commission, it's less accountable that ultimately yeah, I, I think I mean that's a uh, that's a that's I mean that's a legitimate argument, and and in fact it's reflective of what of what um, Justice uh, Roberts wrote in the, the opinion that came out toward the beginning of the summer, saying that there that uh, partisan gerrymandering was not something courts could decide. Um, in with respect to Arizona's uh, commission, a couple things. Um, I think that and the legislature is clearly authorized to present maps to the commission. Uh, it also could put its own maps in front of the voters. And, uh, and, and our commission actually went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, essentially with the folks who were, make, with folks making exactly that argument, essentially saying the, the, the U.S. Constitution says that the legislature shall, you know, do, draw these maps. Uh, so the question before the Supreme Court out of Arizona and this was, was in 2010. This was out of the 2010 okay. uh, commission. I can't remember what year it was decided. I want to say 2015, something like that. Because the U.S. Constitution just says the, the, the it just says the legislature That's does right. this. So the, the question is, does that mean the legislature, literally the right. state legislature, or does that mean we get our legislature process gets to decide how it's done? That's exactly right, and 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 the and our and and so and so Arizona won, or those who agree with the commission's position won uh, by one vote, and and that was when Anthony Kennedy was on the court. So that that may still be a an issue out there. Uh, you know, I, look, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we've done this now twice in twenty years with the commission, both times. One side or the other felt that the commission tilted the other direction. Both times, people on the opposite side thought that the independent chairperson was in the hands of the other party. Uh, whether or not that's true or not, I mean, I'm not really in a position to opine. The the legislature in in the in the 2010 cycle was very aggressive in pushing back against the commission. They in fact uh, sought to impeach and remove the chairwoman only to have that decision reversed by the state Supreme Court. So, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that you know, what Governor Sununu said, you know, in Arizona we've seen folks actively litigating that question for certainly the last 10 years. Uh, and thus far, uh, well, and, 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 and those cases are now wrapped up, and they did not ultimately really change anything in terms of what the commission had done. But there are, because it's such a zero-sum game, um, there are there are no incentives not to litigate. <laughs> right, and and uh, that was a, a court case in 2010 yeah. that affirmed the that it is it? legal for uh, independent commissions to to create those. There was two more recent, uh, just the last couple of months, Supreme Court cases that. Uh, 
affected or going to affect redistricting. One of them was a question about the citizenship citizenship question uh, that would affect the census and, and census numbers. It would have probably, but Supreme Court says there's no citizenship question allowed. There was a brief period where we <clears throat> Trump administration might have tried to push back against it, but they let it go. So there will be not be a citizenship question on the 2020 census. The other case was about partisan gerrymandering and whether it was uh, constitutional for a legislature to almost in and intentionally create a, 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 a and draw up districts that would benefit their party. And the Supreme Court found that there's no there's nothing constitutionally that's wrong with that, mm -hmm. right? Because states that's that's their that's the state's prerogative, yeah. uh, and they can draw out whatever they want, even if it is a partisan. Yeah. Um, you know, there are limitations with the voter uh, the Voting Rights Act, uh, but uh, in terms of partisan gerrymandering, that's okay. But um, in Arizona, with the independent commission. Are we, in a way, insulated from that? Other states that have legislatures draw it up, they might be worried about, oh, no, there's nothing we can do legally to challenge a, a partisan gerrymandered arrangement. But in Arizona, we have an independent commission. Right. So on the surface, it seems like we, we're not going to be affected by that. Well, yeah, again, it's, well, the, the, first, the, first, the first question for the folks who are going to be uh, fighting and advocating over this is, you know what they're going to fight regardless, um, and 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 they're going to they have their positions on the on the value of a commission in the first place. Um, I, I I the 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 Constitution sets forth the considerations that the commission is to is to make, and one example, a prime example of uh, that people use when they're talking about redistricting is the commission is mandated to ignore the residence of any incumbents. There are other uh, places where, you know, if the legislature is drawing it, the, the uh, incumbent residence is, uh, you know, incredibly important. So, right. so uh, um, um, that's one example. Uh, you know, another example is how they, how they, how, how you know, they, they consider traditional redistricting values like communities of interest and natural boundaries and all that, all those kinds of things that uh, all uh, cases related to redistricting do involve when you're talking about a, a, a racially based gerrymander or, 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 or other kinds of gerrymanders that may be illegal for, for reasons other than partisanship or legally challenged for other reasons. Um, so... You know, I mean, it, it, so there's an insulation there. And the last thing that the commission is required to consider is competitiveness. And so that competitiveness component is, uh, you know, it's more complicated than it seems on the surface of things. But the point of the, of the folks who drafted this uh, measure in the first place was that uh, Arizona's districts were were not competitive uh, previously, and essentially there was a, uh, a permanent uh, minority. Uh, uh, and so, you know, iron it's sort of ironic that back in 2000 you could have bipartisan support for something that was being essentially funded by a Democratic uh, fundraiser because of the because you know depend upon, but but it was reform minded, and so there there is a. Um, but you know, there's there is a, always an argument that every that reform is you know again always in the eye of the beholder. Ha, have our elections gotten more competitive since? 
the, the commission started drawing the boundaries? It, it's really interesting. You know, the, the first go-round of this from 2001 to 2012, essentially, um, you know, uh, the, the Democratic Party uh, was litigating against the commission right up until that commission expired, essentially. And they believed, I think, that, the, that, the, that there should have been more uh, Democratic districts. In this go-round, um, I think that many Republicans, especially the Republican Party folks who track this stuff, uh, believe that the, the redistricting commission allocated too many uh, congressional seats for Arizona. In other words, we have a disproportional number of Democratic con- Congress people compared to the way that our, our voter registration breaks down. And, I, and then in terms of the legislature, you know, uh, I, I, I think that the, the, the criticism on the, on, the, on the right has really centered on whether or not there would be a uh, – there's sort of – there is, I, I think, and has, there is sort of a natural Republican majority, at least as far as I can tell, in the legislature. The state legislature. Yeah. Okay. The question is how big it is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and – and, I believe that the that the Republican Party believes that they should have a natural sort of eighteen twelve breakdown in the Senate. What they got out of the commission was something that looked like a seven, more like a seventeen, uh, whatever adds up to thirty from seventeen, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so that that was a you know that that then there's litigation there's going to be litigation around that because the difference between having a uh, have, have, you know, to win and to get a bill passed in the Senate, you need 16 votes. You, you know, um, and so if you have 17, 13 yeah. divide as opposed to a 18, 12 divide, that that's you know that's, that, they can all lose one. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that those are some of the issues, at least that I've uh, heard in, in, in talking to both folks involved in redistricting and, and following the process. And that seems like. Yeah, the argument. So you're saying this, the latest uh, accusation of uh, funny business or, or partisanship is from the Republicans yep. saying, "Hey, look, we got if we have a natural majority that's like this, right. if you're redrawing a district intentionally so that Democrats can perform better, right. you know that's kind of you, right. you could say that's the same thing as partisan gerrymandering in you know, right. the other." In the other way around, right? And the, and and the response from the commission uh, that put this together would be essentially: Look, um, we we had to follow the Voting Rights Act, and how that'll work in the future is an, is a different question because the pre-clearance. Not to get too deep in the weeds here, mm-hmm. but the U.S. in Arizona, the U.S. Justice Department used to have to sign off on these maps. They no longer have to. But the commission that drew the maps we're working under. Was sus- was subject to that at the time, and so they they had to take uh, uh, they believed they had to take a population deviation to make sure that they they met their voting rights obligations. Uh, so one of the the, the legislature's contentions uh, or affiliates of the legislature's contentions was that that was too big of a of a variance. Um, the commission ultimately prevailed in that litigation. But you've seen reform efforts that have not gone anywhere in the legislature yet. But to say, no, for the commission, uh, the man, you know, the deviation shall be no more than two percent or five percent or whatever. Like uh, deviation, as in one district has, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand more people. Because right. one of the con- 
um, you mentioned earlier some of the considerations that these the people that whoever draws it up, whether a legislature or independent commission, has to by law consider certain factors in drawing it up. Um, the Voting Rights Act uh, says that you have to make sure that um, you know mi minority voter voters aren't sort of uh, broken apart, so right. that they're so that they can have a fair chance to elect a candidate of their choice. Mm -hmm. um, you have to consider equal size mm -hmm. um, and, and competitiveness. Right, but it says that com competitiveness as a factor, as long as it doesn't interfere with that's right. those other that's factors. Right. Yeah. So that deviation you're talking about, if you make one, you know, having fifteen, twenty thousand more people than the other districts, right. you know, so it's more than like ten, fifteen percent. Right, that you know, people might have, hey, why did you do it that way? Right, and, you, and some of the reform efforts you're saying, or they wanted to make it like, hey, you can't, you can't have it that far. Yes, apart. that's a, that's a, okay. that's 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 exactly right. And uh, so there was, a, you know, in 2010, there was a huge um, partisan political fight. You know, there's lawsuits, accusations uh, about, yeah. you know, is this really, are you really an independent? Are you, are you secretly working with, right. you know, the, the, the Democrats? Do you, do you anticipate a similar political, I mean, I guess we're drawing up the rules of how to play, you know, right. the, really the game the next 10 years. That's so right. obviously there's going to be a political fight, but yeah. um, are there any things that we can anticipate for 2020 on, on what people are going to be fighting over? Are there any uh, issues that, that our listeners should be in the know about moving forward? Well, well, one, one clear example, which started to come up at the end of the, at the legislative end of the legislative session, um, Democratic members of the legislature started to raise issues with respect to the uh, appointments uh, uh, by the governor to these, these, the appellate uh, court commission, which is again is the screening screening body for the uh, nominee pool. They pick uh, they pick the people right. that can be picked exactly for this commission. <laughs> that's right. That's right. They're the first Russian doll of this whole <laughs> of this whole thing. And, and uh, Democrats, uh, at the end of the session, there were uh, three or four, or maybe five uh, appointments. The governor uh, uh, had approved by the Senate. Uh, the complaint was that there were no Democrats now on the, on the uh, Commission on Appellate Court appointments. You've seen lawyers of uh, both sides complain about that from, an, uh, from a judicial perspective. Um, potentially being a problem because this 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 uh, commission, this appellate commission, they yeah. pick uh, judge nominees right. as well as nominees for the uh, uh, the redistricting yeah. commission. Yeah. And you're saying that right now on that uh, on that there's no Democrats on there. There are no they've, they've, no there's there there are not. And I guess that's a, and my understanding from from what I what you know from history is that there's always been you know. Some balance, uh, some because the whole point of that commission, in the first place, also goes back into Arizona history and the Constitution. But we set we created an appellate court appointment commission in the first place to create a more what we call a merit system of picking judges. So you know we've got, um, uh, uh, and that's really kind of the same mindset that's behind the the commission is you have some kind of a, the panel the screening panel serves as some kind of a you know these people are basically qualified um and and there are no 
there are independents. There, there can't be all one party, as right. I understand it. So there are Republicans, independents, but there's yeah. no Democrats. And yeah, and you know how that'll impact the the selection process remains to be seen. I think that, but I think that what you're uh, what you've seen reported is the um, Democratic leadership, you know, teeing up that issue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, for scrutiny, uh-huh. um, and and so that's you know we'll, you know that will be a that will be you know a uh, you know something that'll make a, a potentially a difference maybe not I don't know and even but even if uh, you know probably the response would be you know even if you do have independents Republicans picking that yeah. people they still do have to pick at the, at the end of the day this yeah. commission will have the redistricting commission that there will be two Democrats. Two Republicans and one independent on the, on the board, yeah, on the board, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I guess uh, would there be any if there is accusations that oh you kind of right uh, pick the most conservative Democrats possible? Right. Is there any recourse for if if there are complaints there? I mean now with the now with the Supreme Court holding that. Well, that's a, that's a. I mean, that's an interesting question. There was a challenge by uh, then President uh, Pierce and then Speaker Adams to the uh, pool the commission gave them in uh, 2011, along the lines of there were folks that were excluded they thought should have been included based up. They were excluded based upon um, they were like on a water board of some kind, and there's some limitations on how politically involved you can be. And then there was another uh, person, a relatively famous uh, law professor at ASU, Paul Bender, who they challenged because he was in the pool, uh-huh. but they challenged him because he had for, is a, has long served as a judge for Arizona Indian tribes. So, um, uh, and they sort of, the, the that suit was not successful, although uh, Bender did not end up uh, on the commission, um, um, but you know when you end up when it comes down to it, the the, the key vote really once you get it lined up is who's going to be the chair, and and you know in 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 uh, in both you know uh, iterations of this, there, it's you know it's been believed that the chair person had a you know was leaned one way or the other. Because um, they've and, got huge power. I mean, right. they're basically the the deciding right. vote the on what on what yeah. our districts look like for the next ten years. That's absolutely right. And I and, and I think that one of the things that uh, I don't, I, you know, I think that that position will get more scrutiny than it ever has before because uh, of of how uh, the 2010 uh, commission, you know, uh, went about things and 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 how their critics. Uh, you know, and the narrative their critics had around how they did things. Um, so there's a there was there, there that's definitely going to get more attention, I think, than ever in terms of scrutiny and finding out the background of people and all kinds of different things. Um, but uh, you know, it's a it it it, it, it w- what the other thing that's interesting is you know you're also going to have because the chairperson is decided by the first four members appointed, so Republican leader appoints. Republican leader points, Democratic leader points, Democratic leader points. That's both houses, right? Four, four. Those four pick the chairperson, mm-hmm. and and so you can end up with some, some, some. Does that have to be a unanimous vote? Do they all have to agree on? They don't all have to agree. I don't believe, um, um, but you do have to have a majority of uh-huh. four. Uh-huh. 
So, <laughs> so, so getting to a third vote is, is interesting, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you can have circumstances where, for example, uh, if you had a, and this is sort of happened in 2001 or something along these lines, if, you have a, if one of the Democratic leaders, for example, was a rural Democrat, uh, rural voters' interests uh, in Arizona, certainly 20 years ago, and probably today, may not be as partisan as they are representational because uh, Arizona is either the first or second most urbanized state in the country, which means Phoenix particularly, and, and Maricopa County, uh, and Tucson, and now increasingly Pinal County as it grows, dominate the state's population center. So for rural uh, whether you're a rural Democrat or a rural Republican, you know, your interests are, are in terms of economic development, in terms of the issues you go to legislature to deal with, are different from the interest that somebody who represents, you know, uh, uh, North Central Phoenix is mm-hmm. going to have. So that just brings up a whole new uh, complexity, because not only do you have partisan interests yeah. on, on both sides, but you also have rural versus yeah. uh, urban interests. So, yeah. I mean, no doubt we'll see... Uh, this playing out in the news the next next few years, sure, uh, fights sure. back and forth, maybe some legal challenges again. Um, is there anything else uh, that you wanted to emphasize or 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 highlight before we? Oh, I, I think I think one of the interesting things is in the in the partisan redistricting uh, case. Uh, you know, Justice Roberts alluded to the to the uh, um, uh, commissions as a as a way of mitigating issues that he believes and the majority of the Supreme Court believes are not uh, judicial issues, that partisan gerrymandering is not a judicial issue. So um, uh, a couple of things about that. Uh, Number one, you know, Arizona's commission was upheld on a 5-4 vote. Uh, Roberts wrote the dissent in that and basically said that that these commissions were unconstitutional because this is a delegated power to the quote-unquote legislature Mm -hmm. and commissions aren't the legislature. That, you know, and we've had uh, turnover in, on the Supreme Court, significant turnover. Um, I think the other, I think so. So there's, there's so now. There, so there is a there is a realm of possibility that yeah. that that the legality of our commission could be overturned. That's perhaps. absolutely right. And the best thing, frankly, going for Arizona, in terms of if people like the commission, is the fact that of the, you know, uh, you know the 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 maybe quarter of states who have these commissions, some of them are put in place. In, in Democratic states, with the idea of helping Republicans, that's California. They they have so so when this litigation was happening at the Supreme Court on our stuff, you had California Republicans and Arizona Democrats saying this we need this in order to be fair. So it's not it really yeah. depends on where you're you know where you live wh- yeah. how how this is gonna gonna matter, and then uh, um, um, I think that the uh, I mean, heck, if you look at California just in terms of its natural breakdown, I mean, half the, I think something like half the House caucus in Congress is California representatives. Yeah. Uh, half the House yeah. Democrat caucus. Um, and, then, and then I think I think there's another issue raised by the partisan gerrymandering case, which is how do you tell the difference to the extent that we live in a, uh, uh, an era of, of, of partisan polarization – we also uh, live in an era where we have 
um, uh, um, uh, what are what would be considered illegal considerations, uh, or racial considerations, for example, in terms of redistricting. You, you're not allowed to discriminate in the in that way. But you saw in another in, in what you saw in uh, the example here is North Carolina. Uh, when North Carolina got out from under having to send their stuff to the Justice Department. They basically, uh, their staffers basically asked for turnout uh, among African American voters directly. So one of the defenses, should there be a, uh, a, a, a potentially uh, in, uh, you know, to a an accusation of inadequately or illegally uh, handling voting rights issues and issues with respect to minority voters. One defense may now be, oh, no, we weren't discriminating against you on the basis of race. We were discriminating against you on the basis of party, and that's okay. Uh -huh. So that puts a whole new twist right. on, on things uh, that, that we will see play out across the country uh, in terms of both commissions uh -huh. and legislators. Right. So it'll be interesting to, to see how that plays out. Um, last question. I'm going to ask you a hoops question. Basketball oh, yeah. question. So we had a we had a short lived Twitter campaign to bring Kevin Durant to Phoenix yeah. this year. Yeah. Didn't work out. No. But uh but you're late you're Lakers. Yeah. You're a LeBron fan. LeBron's not <laughs> I mean look, he's it took one year. They're rated number one. I know he couldn't get uh he could they make the playoffs last year, but they've got Anthony. But now Davis they're now, now they're now they're number one now they're considered the number one Are they really? Uh, yeah. Do you think so? That's what I read last time I checked in this. I but, did I did uh uh in fact just buy a new Lakers hat. I haven't had a Lakers hat since Magic because I I, I grew up Love and Magic is part of if you, uh -huh. for all of you who heard our first interview, and so, uh, and I and I am a LeBron liker, not a LeBron hater, so I, I'm I'm. But now the Clippers, yeah, same city. Right. They got Kawhi. I know. Uh, they got George. Yeah. Who do you think is gonna have? I'm. You think the Lakers are gonna beat out uh, the Clippers this year? I the think Suns? it's. I th well, it's, it's yeah, the Suns, right? <laughs> I, I I that's a good question. I think that the West is going to be funky. Because you've got a, uh, a, 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 a Golden State Warriors team that's going to have to figure out what to do without Kevin Durant. They brought in Kevin Durant to beat LeBron. They needed with, with even with Steph Curry, even with you know uh, uh, all the great players they have. They still needed to have a, just a, a you know a, a, a great scorer like Durant to get past LeBron when LeBron had. Like J.R. Smith, you know what I mean. Someone who could just dominate, make, uh, create his own shot, and yeah. just be the go-to guy. Yeah, yeah, I think. yeah. And I think and and so now that's so that puts the Warriors in a different mm -hmm. place. The Clippers are definitely in a different place. Although I I believe that the idea that the Clippers can be good is a myth. Because remember, ten years ago they had Chris Paul, they had Blake Griffin, they were and they were going to do it. And what happened? Nothing. I think I think the Clippers are gonna I think the Clippers are gonna top them this year. Yeah. Uh, I think LeBron's too busy making movies. He's got Space Jam two coming out. Uh, I think Kawhi is gonna be focused. Yeah, they're gonna be good defenders. 
I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, you know, part of it, you know, look, if I was, if I was, yeah, but I'm hoping the Suns actually beat both of them and go on to. Well, I would it might you know, be look, a few years away. I would be. Lo- I would love it if the Suns, if the Suns. Uh, I mean, I, I, I still haven't figured out uh, what the Suns did this off season. It seems like uh, uh, it would be nice to be uh, to be in a position to be optimistic. Uh, but uh, man, the uh, the the. Yeah, I just think the West is going to be different than we've seen it for a long time. And then we're going to have an East that's still, you know, Durant will be out this year. So, and I got to tell you, the most, over, to me, just to taking a step back and thinking about who's overrated, who's underrated, Kyrie is the most overrated player in the entire NBA. Wow. He went to Cleveland, got hurt, fooled around, fought with LeBron. Then he ends up in Boston. Same thing. Now he's going to New Jersey with Durant. I mean, what has Kyrie done? Where has Kyrie left his team better off than than they were before? Nowhere. Well, you could you could argue that he clinched the finals for LeBron when I forget what year that was, yeah. but yeah, it was you know he was he was clutched in the finals with that, uh, with LeBron with with the Cavs. I I think he just needs the right situation. Maybe maybe the Celtics. But how many how many teams can he go through before he finds the right situation where he's happy for more than a year? I mean, people talk about Good LeBron question. being a, a you know talks too much and tries to general manage the teams and stuff. But but man, I just I just would not I wouldn't spend a dime on Kyrie. I just be interesting like, interesting personality. Durant has an interesting personality too. Yeah, it'll, be, I agree. it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they get along and and. And, and if you think about it this way, you've got now when with once once Durant's back, you know when with Kawhi in L.A. and LeBron, you've got all these people who've won championships elsewhere. You know that's the one thing that yeah, the yeah. That have, I think it was a very good for the NBA personally that that the, that the Raptors won. Yeah, and now we have uh, we got a lot of parity in the league, yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of competitiveness. Yeah. No, yeah. no gerrymandered right. no, conferences. I, I think that, so. I think I think this could be. A, I think this could be a, a pretty exciting year. And and I don't know. I'd like to think that the the that the the Suns could pull off an eight seed, but I don't know about that. Maybe this year. Uh, if not this year, I think I've never been more optimistic the last 10 it's been over 10 years i think since the suns made the playoffs yeah uh, yeah that's, that's right it was 2007 <laughs> i think or something like that but um, i'm optimistic some of our young guys i think are, are good shooters i think they got good good chemistry but we'll we'll see that i think espn is is predicting they'll, they'll get 10 more games or double their their games from last year yeah but I, I mean the west is so tough we'll we'll see yeah yeah um, definitely well, thanks, Tom. Really, oh, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, this is the Political Notebook podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, anywhere you find your podcast. Thanks a lot.